Hello, all you trauma warriors and trauma advocates. Thank you for being here, for being a part of the Healing Place podcast and tuning in to these inspirational interviews. Uh, just a reminder before the show starts to visit academy.terrywellbrock.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-Y dot Terry, T-E-R-I, Wellbrock, W-E-L-L-B, R-O-C-K dot com. There you'll find my courses and coaching. And uh, I have a one day trauma warrior course. It's priced at $29. So great investment in yourself, lots of healing strategies and uh, um, yeah, some challenges in there as well. So an introduction to my to my 30 day be your own hero course. So anyway, just wanted to Again, thank you for being here and uh, remind you to go check that out. You can also sign up for my Hope for Healing monthly newsletter on my website at terrywellbrock.com when the pop-up pops up uh, or up in the right-hand corner is uh, subscribe and you can just go in there and put your email and uh, promise no spam. I will just send you my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter with more inspiration. All right. Well, now for the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and just so very excited to have with me today, Dr. Debbie Silber. So she is the founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute, holistic psychologist, health, mindset, and personal development expert, and author of a number one best-selling book, which I'll let her talk about. So welcome, Dr. Debbie. Uh, thank you so much. Looking forward to our conversation. Oh, me too. And I told you, I just, I watched your um, TEDx talk on, on your website and holy moly, just so spoke to me on so many levels. Um, I, I think so many of us have been through uh, betrayal and you, in the beginning, when you talk about, you just don't see it coming <laughs> and wow, did that speak to me because I didn't. So yeah. So talk to everybody about the work you're doing. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the shock of betrayal. I mean, this is the person or these were the people who gave us a sense of safety and security. So when this is the person, these are the people to shatter that very sense of safety and security. It's, it's ter you know, it's terrible. It's traumatizing. It's, you know, these are the people we run to when other people are causing harm and those are the ones causing the harm. So it, it really shakes us up. And, you know, this is my 30th year in business and I don't think anybody wakes up saying, you know, I think I want to study betrayal. No. It doesn't doesn't really work like that. So I've been in health mindset, personal development, and then I had my own uh, traumas. I had uh, the betrayal of my family. It was awful. Thought I did everything I needed to do to heal. And a couple of years later, my husband. So got him out of the house, looked at these two experiences and, and thought like, well, what's common with these two things besides me? Uh, and I realized, you know, my boundaries were always getting crossed. I never took my own needs seriously. That's it. And, and so here I was four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. And I was like, we're going back for a PhD. I had no idea how I was going to pay for it, how I was going to manage it, how I was going to do this, but I felt so called to, to do this. And it was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential. While I was there, I did a study. I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my business, my family, my life. Wow. I love it. I love it that because it's truly on my to-do list to go back and get finish my PhD. 
I did some graduate school and then I walked away. And then, so I'm 55, but it, it's never too late. And I love that message that you, yeah, but that soul calling. Well, and speaking of that, because I went back at 50 and I'll tell you, there was, this was amazing because I get an email one day and uh, it's from this, this gentleman and he said, oh, we're graduating together. I did it as a distance learner, so I didn't know everybody in my cohort. So oh, great, looking forward to meeting you. He goes, I'm really bad with names, so uh, so remind me of who you are again. I'm 79. Oh, oh. graduating with him, and he was 79 years old. I so, love that. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, I know again, I on your TEDx talk, some of the words that really jumped out at me are rejected, abandoned, alone, confusion. I mean, those words yeah. because that's it. That just sums up everything that happens with that, with that betrayal. So talk to us about this post betrayal syndrome. I mean, that was part of your study, right? Oh yeah. Well, actually, you know, when you think of those words, it's what makes betrayal so different than other types of life crises. And actually that was the first discovery I'd been through death of a loved one. I'd been through disease. I was in the ICU for 11 days. It's a miracle. I'm alive story for another day. But I was like, you know, I've been through those things, but betrayal feels different. I didn't want to assume. So I asked all my study participants and I said, if you've been through other crises, other traumas, does betrayal feel different for you? Hands down unanimously. They said, oh my gosh, it's so different. And here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the whole self has to be rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust. These are gigantic topics and the parts of us, and they all get shattered. So when you rebuild from your experience and you rebuild the self, it needed its own name, which is now called post-betrayal transformation. Yeah, beautiful. And what you just said, trust just rang out because I remember saying to my family, uh, this was this was a, a friendship that was very deep and and almost in, in a spiritual kind of way as well. And then just ghosted, like just disappeared when my mom was sick in the hospital and I needed her most. And so, it, and it, I remember saying to my family, uh, you know, I had been through horrible trauma, like been molested, been horrible stuff happened in my life. This seems worse. I know that sounds crazy. But it was that trust factor because, you know, you hand your heart over to a person. Well, I hadn't handed my heart over to these other perpetrators, but this perpetrator in my mind, I'd handed my heart over to. That's why it's so hard. And and the way it works with betrayal is the more we trust, the more we depend on that person, the deeper the betrayal. So for example, a child who's totally dependent on their parent, the parent does something awful, that's going to have a different impact than let's say your best friend sharing your secret still going to hurt, still some level of cleanup there, but it's not the same. And when you we get the heart involved, it's, it's, it's such a shattering of the heart and it tattoos itself on our body, mind, and heart. And, and uh, the good news is we can heal from all of it. Uh, but, you know, before we, we hit record here, you were, you were speaking about some of the, just the other symptoms. And that was the second discovery that there's actually this collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal, it's now known as post-betrayal syndrome. We've had over 25,000 people easily on our uh, take our quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. What I found so amazing with that quiz is we've all heard time heals all wounds. I have the proof when it comes to betrayal, that's not true because there's a question that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? 
people write things like my betrayal happened 40 years ago and I can still feel the hate. My betrayal happened 35 years ago. I can't trust again. My betrayal happened 10 years ago. feel like it happened yesterday. So we know betrayal is a very different experience. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But the positive is that you can heal from it. And now are there, are there steps that people like, is it kind of like the grief cycle where you go through all the different stages? You know, that was the third discovery was that (laughs) while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many of us do, if we're going to fully heal, we're going to move through what's now known as five proven predictable stages. And what's even better about that is we know what happens at every one of those stages and we know what it takes to move from one of those stages to the next. So healing truly is predictable. If someone finds out where they are, which they find when they take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz, they find out where they are and they're willing, willingness, biggest word right there, willing to do the work to move from one stage to the next, they will predictably go from the symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome to that fully healed state of post-betrayal transformation. I'm happy to go through the five stages. If oh, you want. I'd love it. Yes, please. Yeah. So I map them all out in trust again. It's what we teach within the PBT Institute, but here's a distilled version right here. So stage one was like a setup stage. And I saw this with every study participant, me too. If you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everybody was a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental and kind of neglecting and ignoring the emotional and the spiritual. So what does that look like? Looks like we're really good at thinking and doing and not really prioritizing the feeling and being, but it's in the feeling and being that's where our intuition lies. We turn that down. That's not to say if you're busy thinking and doing, you will be betrayed. It was just what I saw. Stage two. This is by far the scariest of all of the stages. And this is the shock, trauma, D-Day, Discovery Day. And it's the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. So, you know, here it's like this person takes off this mask and you're like, that's who you've been this whole time? And it's the shock. And so with that, you ignite the stress response. So you're headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot understand. You like you can't wrap your mind around what you just discovered. This makes no sense. There's like a weird time warp thing happening right now. Can I ask you a question about it? Number two. Yeah. During that stage, is that when, at least for me, I I I took on personal responsibility? Like, what did I do wrong? What? How? Yeah. Yeah. It's you can't even figure it out yet. Like that's later stage two. Like it's we're talking shock right here. And, and there's, there's also a breakdown of the worldview. The worldview is your mental model. It's the rules of the world that prevent chaos. Don't go here. Trust this person. This is how, these are the rules. And in a moment, every rule you've ever known to be real and true is no longer. So the bottom has bottomed out on you, but a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. So it's terrifying. But think about it. If you were, you know, walking down the street and the bottom were to suddenly drop out on you, what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three. Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this experience? Where do I go? Who can I trust? How do I feed my kids? Here's the trap though. Stage three, this is the one we get stuck in. And for a few reasons. Once you've figured out how to survive, right? You've figured it out. You're like, Whew. And then 
because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from, you think it's good. So you think this is the end of the road here and you start planting some roots. You have no idea there's a stage four and stage five waiting. Stage four is where transformation begins. So four things happen. The first is you start getting all these small self benefits. You get to be right. You get your story. You get someone to blame. You get a target for your anger. You get sympathy from everybody to tell your story to. You don't have to do the hard work of trust, learning to trust again. Can I trust you? Should I trust you? Okay, they're not trusting anybody. So you plant some deeper roots. Then because you're here longer than you're supposed to be, your mind starts doing things like, well, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's you. Maybe you're not that great. Maybe you deserved it. Maybe, right? All these mind games. So you plant deeper roots. And then because like energy attracts like energy, and this is what you're putting out there, you start getting circumstances and relationships and people coming towards you to confirm, yes, this is where you belong. The misery loves company crowd starts coming along. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels so bad, but you don't know there's anything better. Right here is where you resign yourself. You're like, all right, this is as good as it's going to get. I'm not happy, but I have to find a way to make this work. So here's where you start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, anything to numb and avoid and distract yourself from what's so painful to feel or face. So here's the problem. You do this for a day a week, a month, now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can really see someone 20 years out and say, that emotional eating you're doing or that drinking you're doing or that numbing in front of the TV you're doing, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And Terry, they would look at me like I'm nuts. They would say, (laughs) that happened 20 years ago. But do you see? All they did was put themselves in a stage three and and, and stayed there. That's why we stay stuck right in that stage. Any questions about that? Or you want me to? Oh my gosh, no. I'm, I'm just sitting here shaking my head mesmerized. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if we're willing to let go of those small self-benefits and all the things that go with it, grieve more than the lost bunch of things you need to do, you move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I cannot undo my betrayal but I can control what I do with it. And I always use this example of if you've ever moved, right? You've you've moved, right? If you move to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, your stuff's not all there. It's not quite cozy yet, but it's going to be okay. And when you're in this mental space, you start turning down the stress response. You're not healing just yet, but at least you stop the massive damage you were causing in stage two and stage three, right? Here's the thing too. If you were to move, you don't necessarily take everything with you, You, right? You don't take the things that don't represent what you want to see and who you want to be in this new space. And what was so interesting was if your friends weren't there for you, you don't take them with you right here. And people say to me all the time, what the heck, I've had these friends for 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. If they can't keep up, if they're not at that level, you don't have the need for them anymore. Or the misery loves company people, you don't take them with you. So when people don't know this is happening and it's like, what the heck is happening? That's what's going on. Anyway, when you're in this mental place, you're making it okay. You're making it home. You know, you move into the fifth most beautiful stage and this is healing, rebirth and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. You were surviving. 
Now you do. Your mind is healing. You're making new rules, new boundaries based on the road you just traveled. And you have a new worldview based on what you see so clearly now. And the four legs of the table, in the beginning, it was just the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Wow. Amazing and wonderful. And so many questions, but the one that most recently popped into my head (laughs) was, so we talk a lot on the show about trauma survive people who've survived trauma. And I know in talking with my little sister, uh, when we discovered, and I was in my late forties, what boundaries were healthy boundaries. And I, I remember talking to my, my sister and we were like, we had no idea what healthy boundaries were. So I know you've talked about that. Do you find, or is it something that really hasn't, you haven't looked at yet? Um, that trauma survivors, I mean, are they more drawn to these types of healthy or unhealthy relationships where they are than um, abandoned or a situation like this occurs yeah. because they don't, they didn't have healthy boundaries in place? Yeah. Well, think about it. It's what they know. It's not that it's good. It's just so familiar. They know how it works. They know how to walk on eggshells. They know the game. They know the rules. So it's certainly not that it's good, but it is familiar. Right. Oh, so I saw, had, yeah. I had, remember having that conversation of there was comfort in the chaos was the, what we were talking about. Exactly. So there's, it's got to be so intentional that you see it so clearly and you say, no, no, no. I know what this is. And if anything seems remotely similar, that's a no. <laughs> Right. You know, yeah. And, and so it's got to be very conscious, very intentional, because it's it's the go to is the familiarity, even if it stinks. Right. Right. Now, do you teach people how to put healthy boundaries in place? Yeah. We okay. it, within the PBT Institute. I mean, we have we have our signature programs that literally walk you through the stages. So people just do that on your own. So it's like a what I always picture that you know, like the little um rides uh, and the kids like in a carnival or whatever we, if you strap yourself in that child will predictably get to the end of that ride. that's what our program is like like if you're willing to do it you will predictably move <laughs> from stage two three four five that's the way it's designed to work but we also have certified coaches uh and they, so they're certified in the five stages but they're coming in with 10 20 30 plus years in trauma in and then they specialize each in their own thing Trauma, reconciliation, narcissism, chronic pain, addiction. Yeah. So, I mean, this is members get, I mean, they're, they have access to all of that. Wonderful. I was so glad you said narcissism because truly I, again, it's come up a number of times on this show is mm-hmm. how trauma survivors particularly are drawn to narcissists. That we're, we're fixers. <laughs> we want to yeah. go in and fix it, <laughs> but yeah. it's just not fixable. No, that's not in, not at this time and place anyway. You know, and what I've seen with betrayal is it'll show you who someone truly is or who they temporarily became. It's one of those two. And if that person is just a full-blown narcissist and that's it, then it's, you know, you're, you were just the latest victim. But right. with, you know, other betrayers, it is the greatest wake-up call ever. And, and so it, as much as it is for the betrayed, it can be for the betrayer too. And we teach within the Institute also, how do you know if it's safe and in your best interest? You know, forgiveness, we, we always need to do because that's that's about us. But when we talk about, let's say, reconciliation, how do you know if it's, in your, if it's safe and in your best interest to reconcile 
or not. You know, it, rebuilding is always a choice. And if you saw the TEDx, you you saw you saw me say it. Whether you rebuild yourself and move on, and that's what I did with my family. It wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something entirely new. And I'm talking entirely new with the person who hurt you. And that's what I do with my husband. So not long ago, we married each other again. New rings, new vows, new Oh, I just love that. I had goosebumps when you said that on on the talk. It was just very cool. Yeah. Well, you know, and here's the thing, never in a bazillion years would I have ever done that for sure if he wasn't uh, completely transformed. And, you know, me too. And betrayal lends itself uh, to creating a new identity. You know, you take the parts you like and you leave behind everything that doesn't serve because there's been a complete and utter death and destruction of the old. But with that, you're able to rebirth the new. Yes, which is, I mean, just reworded in a different way. One of the things that I wrote down that so just touched my touched me on a soul level was trauma is the setup for transformation. I just, I love the positivity and the hope that just, that just screams hope. Well, you know, think about it. It's like you've been through the worst of it already. You owe it to yourself to do something good with it. I didn't do anything anybody else couldn't do. I just did something good with something bad. I mean, I remember moving through my experience saying, if I can heal from this, I'm taking everybody with me. <laughs> that's just, that's just, you know, because, and it's probably because my highest value is integrity. So can you imagine being, being betrayed? I mean, to someone like me, that's, that's, it doesn't get worse because I mean, I have lived my entire life with a simple rule. If it's going to hurt someone, don't do it. Period. End of story. And I assume other people live by that same rule. And I'm always checked. I'm like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> you don't have that same rule in place, you know? And and so it wasn't even, it's going to sound so selfish, but it wasn't even enough just for me to heal. The injustice was that great for me. Yeah. Well, and I love, I, I just think it's such a gift you're giving others by truly reaching your hand out and saying, come on, <laughs> you've got this. You can do this. Yeah. Well, there's a roadmap. It's not even like you can do this. It's like, here's the, here's the path. I mean, it's so, you know, it's step one, two, three, four, five, you know, so it's, it truly, what's exciting about it is healing really is a choice, but I'll tell you, there were three groups in the study who did not heal. And well, you know, everybody may be watching, listening to the saying, well, of course I want to, you may not. And that's fine too. And, and I'll even share what those three groups groups were so everybody can see if that's where they are. The first group, they were refusing to accept their betrayal. They just weren't having it. They had their story and that's as far as they were going. The se- They didn't heal. The second group was the group who was numbing, avoiding, distracting. So, you know, may have meant like, let's say they ran to the doctor who put them on mood stabilizers and anti-anxiety medications, or they started drinking, emotionally eating, and it may have made the day a bit easier. Not without a price. They didn't heal. And then the third group, this was really interesting. This was the group where the betrayer had very little consequences. So whether it was out of financial fear, religious reasons, um, fear in general of the unknown, whatever it was, they did their best just to turn the other cheek, try to move forward, whatever it was. I only saw two things in this group. The first was a further deterioration of the relationship. The second was this group was the most physically sick. Yeah. The broken heart can't take that. Right. But people are so afraid. Yeah. But people are so afraid of the end. 
But the, and they feel like, oh, I don't want to cause the chaos if I put an end to this. Well, keep in mind, the betrayer was the one who who put the end to it, you know. But what the betrayed person does so often is protect the betrayer at their own expense. So now imagine, here's the betrayer, they betray, and the and the person who's been betrayed is like, I don't want to cause a shakeup to the whole family. I don't want to do this. I'm going to cause such a problem. It's like. The, the problem had you didn't cause the problem, you know. So yeah, that's just profound. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you could write a whole book about that. <laughs> oh, and I have. It's all in trust again. <laughs> yeah. So talk to talk to us about your book for just a second. We'll make a little left turn. <laughs> sure. So so it's trust again, overcoming betrayal, and regaining health, confidence, and happiness. Here I have it. And essentially, what this is, it's the dissertation boiled down, reader friendly. Because I really thought about it. I said. I've read over 250 studies. I've spent over 500 hours on this study and only three people are reading it. The, the research committee and the <laughs> math just didn't make sense. And I was like, no, 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 this is, this is too important just to, you know, just to only have in the hands of these three people. Uh, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful contribution to the literature of what we needed to learn. And I'm glad I did the dissertation. And I was like, that's, that's near, not nearly enough. So it's made much more reader friendly. And I have the five stages in there with the experiential activities, moving you from one stage to the next, the four step trust rebuilding process, my story, my participant story. It's not the kind of book you read. It's the kind of book you do. And I, I, I did that. the audible too. So if people want, you know, if you can handle my, the speed of my voice, <laughs> you know, and, and there's Kindle. So, yeah. I love um, it. Well, that's my new favorite is audible. I don't know. There's something about having the author tell it. it it's just, there's a connection that happens at least for me. So that's yeah. how I felt. And, and it was interesting because at first my publisher said, well, we'll see, maybe they'll, someone else will read it or you. And like, how could anybody else tell my story? That just right. doesn't make any sense. So my audience knows my voice. They know I get excited, stammer. You know, they know my stuff. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Yeah. that's Well, I'm going to have to go download it and listen to the Audible. So, yeah. Very cool. How are we doing on time? Oh, all right. We have a few minutes. So anything else that you wanted to touch upon that we hadn't had a chance to? You know, I, I would just say, if you have to say this a hundred million times, it's worth it. And it's, even though it happened to you, it's not about you. And I know in the beginning, you know, it feels it, it feels so personal and, and it does. Uh, but this was someone else's lack, someone else's, you know, where they were in life. And you happen to be the recipient, but it's not about you. But even even though use it as an opportunity to create something so uh, I mean, I see people moving through the Institute to that place of post-betrayal transformation, the strongest, most healed, confident uh healthy, happy people, because look what they've been able to rebuild from. It's available to anybody. Yes. Oh, and it's a beautiful place to be when you finally do get through. And I, I mean, the forgiveness part and the, and the, yeah, just that whole transformation. It, yeah. It's, it's Although I did say, I think I might be stuck at the end of four. I might have to work on getting into five. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people do stay there, but the biggest one is moving from three to four. Okay. You know, but you can, you can. Yeah. yeah. And then I really invite everybody to take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz because this way they'll see to what extent they're struggling. Right. And you can't change what you're not aware of. And they can just find that at the pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. Oh, that's what I was going to ask next. Where, where can people find you, find the book, connect with you? 
Yeah. So uh, the quiz, the PBT as in post betrayal transformation, the pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And if they want to get the book, uh, they can get it from Amazon, but get it from this link because I have all kinds of goodies they get too. So um, that they can find that at the pbtinstitute.com forward slash trust again. Oh, wonderful. Awesome. All right. Well, it's just been so enlightening. I've learned a lot myself <laughs> uh, having you here on the show. So thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity. It's people like you who give people like me a voice. Oh, awesome. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today. And remind you to visit my website as well as the academy.terrywellbrock.com for the courses. But if you go to my website, terrywellbrock.com, you can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows um, and just a great space for, uh, again, healing and hope strategies. Thanks for again being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.